Welcome, creatures of all shapes and sizes, to Banged Up with Bruce Oldham, aka The Kid. This is an action sports podcast, the likes of which the world may never have seen before and may never see again. I hope you guys enjoy. Oh, didn't see you there. Welcome to another episode of Banged Up. Today's a special one. We have on a guest. A guest like none other. A guest we haven't had on the podcast before. His name is Cole Richardson. This young man has done everything from winning Quicksilver Young Guns to coming out with one of the best backcountry segments of 2020. He's a young up-and-comer, rides for head skis, Quicksilver, and Gyro, and just absolutely rips. We talk about Cole's childhood growing up in Canmore, how he got into skiing, what led him to backcountry over park and other areas of skiing, and we dive into Cole's experience at Quicksilver Young Guns 2019 in Revelstoke. An absolutely insane event, and anybody who is under 18 should definitely look into this. Then we dive into his video part, 19, that he just released this year. Insane. He has everything from videos from Quicksilver Young Guns to new tricks to new pretty much everything. The kid just absolutely rips the backcountry. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. We wrap it up talking about Cole Richardson's future, what he has in plan, and the ski industry in general. But before we get down to business, I have exciting news. So... Today's podcast, we have our first official sponsor of Banged Up with Bruce Oldham. This is big news. This is uh, the kids stoked. So our first sponsor is Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. Uh, They make mushroom coffee. They make mushroom products. Not the kind of shrooms that you guys might think or that you might want to indulge in. They're healthy mushrooms. They're not the psychedelic kind. Although that would be pretty sweet. Maybe we can put a little word in with them. They make everything from pre-workout to post-workout to morning coffee with these mushrooms in them. And honestly, the morning coffee one's my favorite. I used to have it back, I think it was like four months ago, five months ago. And I actually got into their products by Joe Rogan, uh, of course, the Rogan, the one and only. Anyways, uh, he recommended it and I started trying it and using their products. And it's quite good, actually. The one I mainly use and the one I'd actually recommend is the morning coffee with lion's mane and chaga. It really helps with sustaining energy throughout the day and just beating that brain fog. It doesn't have a whole lot of caffeine, so you're not just like, duh. Me, I'm usually like three to four coffees a day. This way I can crush three to four coffees a day and I'm not just vibrating off the walls and kicking holes and shit. But with that being said, you might think mushroom coffee? That can't taste good. Uh, yeah, it doesn't taste bad whatsoever. You can barely even taste the mushrooms. I actually prefer it to normal coffee, minus Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons coffee is it's way too good to pass up. But with that being said, you guys should definitely go get some uh, if you like that kind of stuff. I found it really helped me just stay focused and clear throughout the day. There's tons more research behind it right now. I actually haven't been using it long enough to go into all the details with you guys right now, but throughout the podcast, we'll dive into a little bit more on what you guys can get out of it. But if you guys want to get your own, there's a referral link down below if you're on YouTube. And if you're on the podcast listening to it, you can go to Four Sigmatic and at checkout, use the coupon or the code, I guess, the kid, all caps, T-H-E, K-I-D, for those of you who can't spell, all capitals, big and bold. Yes, I made it big and bold just for you guys. And yeah, get 25% off. Uh, it really helps with the price because the price isn't unreasonable, but with 25% off, you can just afford to just send it every week. With that being said, we're going to dive into today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this one. Cole's an awesome dude, and uh, it's a sick podcast, so let's get to it. Um, okay, man. Nice to have you on. We're redoing this because uh, everything cut out and went to shit. My bad. But we're back. Yes, we are back. The kids have got their wine, the kids have got their drinks, and uh, time to tune in with Cole Richardson. Skier Cole, as some people call him. Cheers. Better known. Cheers. 
All right, man. Well, I'm stoked to have you on the podcast. We kind of went through this um, earlier, but you're predominantly a uh, backcountry skier, and you do occasionally shred the park. You grew up in Camor, I believe you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Camor, Alberta. Super sick. And we are getting into, I mean, we were just touching base on Quicksilver Young Guns a little bit. You had won that last year, which is amazing. Uh, we talked about triple backflip. I guess we'll dive into that a little bit later. But um, to start this off, I kind of want to get into how you got into skiing and growing up and kind of what inspired you to get into skiing and backcountry skiing in general. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, well, it's been it's been a long time coming. It's been my entire, entire life from the get-go. Um, both of my parents were full-on ski racers. They both met at university through a ski racing scholarship. Okay. Um, both of their parents were skiers. All their family was skiers. And I grew up, and me and my sister both learned to ski at the age of two. Um, so, yeah, we were on the hill right away. And uh, grew up skiing at Lake Louise. Yeah, that was the home. That was the home mountain, and we we're yeah, just kind of like skiing around. It took us a it took us a long time. So my dad was a ski coach for a really long time. So it took us a long time to get me and my sister into a program. We were both started off skiing uh, just with my or just with our parents. Yeah. day in day out every single weekend we would go up there and ski both days and then I think once we were around ten, I believe, uh, we both got into ski racing. Yeah, okay. And I hated it. I hated it right away. Yeah. Um, it was it was fun. It was fun. Like I had a lot of friends, but I was I, I hated just turning around plastic. Yeah. I, I was lucky. I had a good I had a good race team that I was on, so we were able to go. We were able to ski Big Mountain every single afternoon. Yeah. So we'd have to show up, train gates all morning, and then we were able to go ski. And I would just dread the mornings, and then. I would like in between in between the lunch hour, I would go and I'd change my whole outfit, put on a baggier fit, put on a new helmet, and I'd just go start lapping park until everyone <laughs> came out, and then I'd meet up with them and just go like hit cliffs with all my friends, and then it got to a point where it was I think I finished U14, um, so I was like 14 years old, and it was like once you went up from there, it was like the programs became a lot more expensive and it became a lot more serious, and I was like screw this, like I'm done. And actually, I think, I, I got reminded about this story the other day, I totally forgot, but actually my very last race was like the overall race of the, um, the series, or I guess the winter, and I, I ended up winning the race, and it was the first race I've ever won in my entire life, and I just got off the podium, handed my mom, handed my mom the medal, and I was like, I'm out, like, <laughs> it's Thanks game over, <laughs> there's no, no more racing for me. Yeah. Um, so I went, uh, went into Big Mountain from there, and I always kind of knew I wanted to be a Big Mountain skier. Kind of like growing up, um, skiers, like, I'm not sure if you know who they are, but the OGs, like Chris Rubens and Eric Horlson, and uh, they kind of all grew up around here in Camor, and my dad coached them a little bit growing yeah. up, so they're my idols growing up, just knowing that they went through racing and then into Big Mountain and created a career through Big Mountain, so I just kind of wanted to follow their example exact footsteps that was like the only thing motivating me through racing but then once i once i got the opportunity to leave i was out and i think i did two years of big mountain um which were they're sick and i just felt like there's like a junior big mountain circuit okay they're, yeah. they're fun but like they're not like that serious competitions to be honest they're pretty like they're pretty laid back and there's not like that many people there yeah and uh my coach just kind of told me, he was like, I think if you want to do more with this, you're going to have to get your tricks up. And he was like, and he, I, he got me 
I think he got in contact with the coach for the Windsport team. Yep. And I started skiing. I started skiing on the Windsport B team, and I was just I had a really good group of kids. Um, and it was just like we were all best friends, and we were just like laughing COP every night. And I lived in Canmore, which I don't know if it's an hour away from Calgary. Okay. So my yep. parents. My parents were the best. They would pick me up at school halfway through the day, and like three times a week, I'd leave school, and I just went to a normal high school. There's no like, it wasn't a sports school or anything like that. And I'd just get picked up, at, like randomly through the day, and they'd drive me to Calgary. I'd go train park all day long, and then uh, they'd drive me home at like ten o'clock at night, and I'd go to school the next day and wake up and do it again. And it was sick. I loved it, and it was like definitely the most progression I've ever seen in my skiing, but it kind of just got to a point where I was getting, I was becoming 18, and I kind of just like figured I had to start, if I wanted to move towards a big mountain path, I kind of had to start focusing more on it, and to be honest, I definitely wish I got into slope style earlier, because just seeing like the one year, how much it helped my skiing, I feel like if I got into it earlier, it would have been like an insane difference, I wish I definitely got rid of, got out of ski racing a little bit earlier, but what can you do? Ski racing helped me as well, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So you've literally been skiing, like, since, like, forever. So it's been a part of yeah. your life forever, and seems like you're yeah, definitely going down that track. Definitely, yeah. It's definitely all I know. My friend was telling me this the other day. I brought my friend on a comp- to a competition with me this year, and he was, like, reminding me about, like, when we were in, like, grade one, and there would be, like, show and tell, and I'd, like, walk up, and I'd be like, one day, like, I'm just going to ski every day. Like, that's all I care about. I just want to ski every single day. And he's like... I guess that's just kind of what I've done, and that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> that's awesome, man. You're living the dream already. Get yeah, into it. for sure. Yeah, that's sick. So like you said, like I don't know about uh, you. You said your hill, like Calgary is an hour away. For me, my closest hill is an hour away. Your parents are awesome. They'll drive you there. My parents would drive me to that hill too. And <clears> I guess it's kind of like the opposite because where I grew up, the only thing is park around there. But um, like for me, when I get to backcountry, I'm a fish out of water. Like. I can ski, like, pretty good because, like, when I grew up, I was all, like, we do, like, maybe two, like, week trips, like, out west or something a year if we're lucky. And then I, like, slowly started, like, I don't know, probably like you, like, just absolutely hated basic runs after a while. I started, like, trying to do threes off every little jump I could find, hitting little bumps on the on the runs or, like, everything I could hit to catch air, just, like, launching off of or trying to. And then I found out a par- about Park, and I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. But... But I sort of what's, what's your home hill? Is it um, Saint Saint Louis Moonstone? Yeah, Mount Saint Louis Moonstone is the closest hill. For yeah, me. yeah, sorry. Um, um, yeah, I ski there. When I did my year slope, I went and competed there for a competition. That was like literally the most fun park I've ever skied in my life. We were there like prime spring condition too, and that's that's the sickest yeah. hill to grow up at. Dude, Ontario, like if I didn't live near Mount Saint Louis, it would be probably one of the worst places to come up skiing because there's <laughs> not there's not there's nothing there. Every hill is small. Most parks suck. Mount St. Louis done an amazing job. Uh, and then yeah, the winter, it's like, sick. Yeah, in the winter, it's cold as hell until you get to spring or, like, early season, and that's, like, the best time ever. But Mount St. Louis is amazing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly the same here. Yeah. Like, have you ever been, to, have you ever had to compete at COP when it's, like, Oh, dude, I, I've done my time at COP, and I hate that place. I mean, it's fun, but, like, when you get that wind and fuck, man, I've had some contests there that like minus thirty. It's just the worst thing ever. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's the same. Like that's like what a girl like. Our midwinters in Alberta are pretty terrible. Like they're <laughs> so cool. Pretty brutal, man. I was gonna ask you why backcountry, but it seems like backcountry has kind of been something that you've always kind of been leading towards, like since like ever. Uh, and you use park as kind of like a way to improve your backcountry skills. Like you know. Um, yeah. 
did did you ever uh, consider taking park like as more seriously than backcountry and becoming like a park skier, or was it mostly just to improve your backcountry skills and the tricks? There was definitely a time when I was competing slow. I like I started off. I joined the team. Yeah, and I was like, you were committed. The I, well, no, when I started the team, I was the butt end of every joke. Like, I was just like, I showed up, and they're like, we're training bag, and my coach was like, right, 360. And I was like, I can't do a right three. And then, like, through the season, just started figuring it out and just started training. And, like, definitely by the end of the season, like, it was a really hard decision leaving slope. Like, I was like, definitely by the end of the season, I was getting so much better, and I was just, like, figuring it out. And, like, I found... I found half pipe like the most fun thing. I actually loved competing. I did the best in all of my like pipe comps, and I was like, I was like definitely thinking about it for a little while. But I don't know. I'm like, I'm definitely more focused on the media side of skiing. Like I love, like I love the idea of being able to spend my life putting together video parts. Yeah, that's definitely my overall goal is just to be able to pursue that. So, yeah. um, that definitely like my main drive to stay and ski big mountain. I love like just being out and like building jumps into pow and that and that's like i kind of grew up like i never really grew up taking slope seriously so i think like i always used it as you're saying as a way to kind of help my big mountain skiing but yeah definitely i've definitely thought about it but i don't know i think i'm kind of at a point now where i'm definitely gonna stick with big mountain and pow skiing and just try to continue well it's like you said first of all half pipe terrifies the hell out of me uh i just started like taking it seriously this year and actually trying to ride it and like the, like a full-on super pipe like the one at Calgary if you don't have like if you're not used to riding pipe like me it's like oh it's terrifying yeah. man I was trying to do yeah, like four yeah. nines Dude, when I, I like, first when I got into that for my very first time that was hilarious that was actually like I remember that being the biggest joke everyone was like first day COP's pipe opened and everyone on my whole team was like so hyped and do you know who uh Andrew Longino is oh I know him well yeah yeah, yeah. So he's a he's a big homie, and he was on my team then, and he's just like he's the master. He's the friggin' man. And yeah, he's the pipe he master. Hops, yeah, he's the pipe man, and he hops in the pipe and just like we're. This was three years ago, and he's a year younger than me. So I guess he was like fifteen or sixteen at then, and just like first day, he was like so hyped. He's like we're like starting to do nine stuff, and I like I could not get out of the pipe. No. I was like, there's no way. And it's so icy, too. And I just, like, my ski, I didn't have pipe skis at the time. And I was just like, I'm going to hate this. But I don't know. The thing that I like about half pipe is it's so different than any side of skiing because every, it's so much easier to progress. Well, maybe not easier. I take that back. Pipe skiers, utmost respect to pipe skiers. It's, it's terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah, it's the most terrifying thing. But I, like, I found that I improved more in pipe faster than anything I've ever done in skiing just because every single hit, realistically, is the same to a degree. So it's just like you can kind of you can build up your confidence so much faster until you get to a point where you got to start doing both way dubs. But yeah, it's starting not like off you... like I thought it was sick, just like getting used to being able to like pump down and commit and like not screw up any speed and just like actually like learning how to boost the pipe. Dude, bo- I, like boosting a pipe in one hit is like just getting a nice boost is pretty sick. It's a good feeling. But best feeling. Decking a pipe is not fun. I'm used to like the, the worst s- feeling. The worst feeling. The worst <laughs> feeling. I'm used to like slushy Louis pipes with like like eight foot pipe and like or like the bit super pipe at Louis is not a full super pipe. No, dude, that's why pipe. I liked Louis so much yeah. because of the pipe. That was like I've been training just the ice pipe at COP that entire year, and I showed up to Louis, and it was just like 
the little pipe full slush, and I was just having the time of my life. Yeah, you're just sending it. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, it seems like, yeah, I mean, for backcountry skiing, it would really help to be a well-rounded, like, skier in general, and, like, like you said, getting right threes down is probably going to be somewhat important when it comes to backcountry skiing. Can't do a whole video <laughs> part, just left tricks. So, got to learn those other things, too, which is super sick. Um, and then, I guess, kind of covered the way you came up into skiing, but... You, uh, like we talked about earlier, you got on the Quicksilver Young Guns, which is super sick. When that thing first came out, I was so hyped on it, and I really wanted to get into it. Then I realized I was too old, and I was like, well, that's gay. But <laughs> I was like, I-, I was so stoked. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. I was like, this is the best contest that's ever been invented. And I was like, damn it, I'm too yeah, old. But it is. It is, like, I such a good opportunity. The biggest, biggest shout-out to Quicksilver. Like, that, yeah. they literally, it's the best contest in the world like they just take four kids from across the world and just bring us all together and it was just like that was definitely utmost respect to quicksilver for putting that together it's the sickest event well i remember like as a kid growing up my favorite contests of any ones i could do were always jam format and everybody just gets together and just says with all the boys and stuff and that's basically what that is but on like yeah steroids so uh you might as well talk about your experience at quicksilver young guns and what it was like and what you guys were doing and because you skied uh black home right no it was at revy i was at revy oh yeah it was the year was at revy yeah it was at revy yeah um yeah no that's the whole contest that was definitely that was that was sick that was definitely the best probably the best week i've ever had in my entire life um i've skied revy multiple times growing up i've been there it's nights about four hours away from where i live but uh right when you show up here I'm, i'm kind of jumping the gun so that was that contest was like pretty much my only goal the entire season. Yeah, like that. Like I, I, I told both my parents I was like, "Okay, hey, there's this contest. It's called the Quicksilver Young Guns." And I was like a little book. I like write down all my shit in, and I was like, <laughs> wrote it down. I was like, yes, I love Quicksilver it. Young Guns. I, I didn't care anything. Once I showed up there, I had no worries. All the guys are the sickest gears. I had no. There's not a thought in my mind about winning it. Yeah. I was just like, just getting there is like my goal for this entire winter, and I'll figure out what I'm gonna do next winter. But like, I just like wanted that so bad, and I just filmed. There's a lot of people who put like 20 videos into it, and I just like, I literally just filmed one part that was just all filmed on a little dad cam with my friends. It was not professionally filmed at all. We were just like going out after school. And we'd, like, skip classes, and I was just, like, I had a list of tricks all written down that I wanted to put into the thing. And but, I got though and but, I got a text from Sammy, and there was, like, there honestly wasn't a ton of big mountain entries, so I think that helped yeah. my case a little bit. And I think Sammy was pretty stoked that I was, like, doing some more tricks, I guess, outside of the park. Yeah. And um, got the invite, and I was super hyped. And then we showed up, and, yeah, as I said, I've skied Revy quite a few times, but I realized, though, it's, like, it's a pretty sweet resort. But right at the base of Revelstoke is the nicest hotel you've ever seen. Like, it's just, like, this five-star hotel right at the base. And I've never even, like, even been able to think about staying there. It's so expensive, but it's, like, so sick. And it's all so gourmet. And we show up, and I get the text. Like, yeah, like, this is your room. This is where you're staying. Like, you're going to be here. And I was like, no way. And you had to bring a guardian with you. So I got to bring my mom. And it was just a week-long paid vacation for my mom. She was so stoked on it. She was like, 
Yeah, yeah, we like we showed up and we had this like huge room. We each had our separate rooms in it. We had a kitchen and a living room with a fireplace. And like I'd get home from skiing and my mom would be sitting there with her feet up by the fire and like it was hype. But it was sick. The the guys there as well, having Kieran and Zane and Tim there. Um, that was really dope. We all got along super well, so that was really fun. We were just all posted up in this nice nicest hotel, just hot lapping and. A lot of those guys hadn't had much experience skiing power, big mountain. No. So, like, to them, that must have been, I don't know, like, Revy's a pretty pretty heavy hill. Like, it's not it's not, it's not, not very mellow. There's a lot of huge shit, and we definitely went to all the biggest shit Revy has. So, that was, it, yeah, that was a sick week. That was really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I my, my mother actually grew up um, near Revy, and her dad was the manager at Revy for a while. So, I've been oh, there, really? and I've skied there a bit, and it's... It's not like the most beginner mountain, especially if you're getting into that shit. And like yeah. a lot of those skiers that you listed off, like a lot of people that listen to this will know who they are. They're not known to be all mountain skiers whatsoever. So, but they're known. They're, they're but, known for sure. They they're definitely shredded. known. They, yeah, they, they had hard, no yeah. problem. Yeah, they had no problem getting into the big mountain. They're, they're not skiers that are going to be shying away from that stuff. They're going to be like, yeah. oh, they take one day get used to it, then they're going to be like, okay, now I can take all my park tricks to here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the first day we showed up and Kiernan was on park skis and you showed up and I think they're like 80 underfoot. Yeah. And he was like, this is not going to cut it. No. So we got him on a pair of power skis. I think that was his first time ever being on power skis or ever skiing power. And, but like you, you can watch the video. There was, it was nothing new to him. Yeah, I watched the video. It was pretty insane. Um, and then this season, you kind of outdid yourself even last compared to last season. I mean, you won Young Guns last year and then this year you put out probably one of the better like backcountry edits i've seen in a long time it's called 19 if anybody hasn't seen it go check it out cancel this podcast right now go watch it cole richardson it's it's pretty insane um i want to know what went into filming that this year like like you said for quicksilver young guns you like dedicated most of the year to filming for that and you had that goal i like what you said about the book because i've also been doing that too i've been like you know writing it down and just working on it each day and stuff like that so that's awesome but um yeah. yeah, so I want to know what went into that because that's something like that doesn't come in like that. Like, I know how much goes into making a mediocre park edit or season edit because I've done that before, and that's nothing like what you're doing. So let's. let's I'm, it. I'm glad. I'm really glad you think that, and I'm like really glad you noticed that. But to be honest, I was like, there's so much that I had planned and written down that I didn't get to accomplish that was like yeah. all ready for that video, like. COVID put a huge dent in the, the filming of that video. I knew I wanted to drop a part. Um, well, the entire first half of that part was filmed all two seasons ago. Okay, so that yeah. was, I saw some from the Young Guns uh, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of that footage was from the Young Guns. I got all like the raw footage from that. And then I got um, I went on a trip to Mount Baker. Yeah. Um, a trip to Mount Baker with Head. Uh, to go film a video with head skis and me and uh, Aaron Blanc, Evan McEachern, and Sam Cooch, and we were up there for two weeks. So the entire first part was like a lot of footage from that. They didn't end up using like all that much of my footage in their actual video. So okay. to be honest, I was kind of hyped about that. I had a bunch <laughs> of footage to work with. Um, yeah, so I just, I know I had all that, and I knew I wanted to do something with that, but I knew I wanted to like kind of do something special. But a lot of that footage is like, like, with Young Guns and that, it's all just jumps. Like, every single clip is just jump clips. So I want to try to get some more skiing stuff. And, um, yeah, I kind of had a lot planned out, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to come together. And then I went to Revy for uh, two weeks, and I filmed with a good friend, Cam Keith, up there. Shout out, Cam. 
and I just texted him literally two days before showing up. I was like, yo, is there any chance you'd be down to just come and film me and my friend Jonathan for a little while? He's another skier on the head team, and I was like, would you just be down to come film us? And we did two days, and then it just started snowing, and we were like, let's just keep filming. And that that helped so much. Like, the edit would have been so different without that footage, I think, because it yeah. just, like, it put a lot of contrast to the beginning of the footage. But, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of... We had... I was supposed to spend the last two months of the season in Whistler, which would have been huge. That would have helped a ton um, if I was able to do that. But, I don't know. wasn't able to get that because of COVID. Yeah. It was all right. It gave us a lot of time to edit it and put it together. But, yeah, putting it together was a huge part of it. I, like... I started off and I'd never used Adobe Premiere and I, I was a beginner and I got, I downloaded it, got software and I sat down and I started editing and I was like, like, I can't do this. Like, I was like, I was like, I can make it and I'll be able to make it all right, but it's not going to be to the extent that I want it. Yeah. And I texted my good friend Reed and I, I hit him up and I was like, yo, would you by any chance I'll pay you a little bit would you just be down to help me put this together and he's the biggest homie and he's really good at editing and he was like really down to work really closely with yeah. me on it he was like no doubt so me and him every single night we're on a zoom call because we obviously couldn't link yeah uh, so we were on zoom calls and then we were just sharing the screen and I was just watching him edit and I would be like yo like that's sick but I think we could just shorten that one clip a little bit and I pretty much me and him did the entire body together just like through zoom and then after that, I uh, brought it to another, I took the hard drive from him and brought it to another one of my friends. His name's Aiden, and he just did all the fine-tuning and details, and uh, yeah, I was pretty hyped, to, pretty hyped to release that. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, dude, it was sick. I, that's awesome that you worked that closely on your edit, because some people will just send all their clips off to somebody and be like, hey, here's this. I like to edit mine personally, but I'm not on the level of editing like you are. Like, I'm not that good with Adobe Premiere or anything like that, where I'm not going to be able to do it, like... The, how I want it like Instagram clips all that other stuff no problem I got that all day yeah but when, sure. it, when it comes to like doing a proper like season edit or a proper part like you're doing that's something that you need to put out and give to somebody else to do unless you're like really advanced on that stuff and the fact that you're working that closely to do it the way you want to do it but also taking like that other stuff I think is really what makes it like one of the better parts because you could just send it to somebody like one time I like this is a while ago I was like probably 17 is my first year skiing park and you do like a cork night I was stoked but I sent him this trick, like I sent him like all my clips and he helped me film it. And this random guy edited it and like he put a front two with a revert in it. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I got yeah, it. No. I'm like, come on. Boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way as you. I'm huge. Like, I love editing. I love putting videos together. And like I have a lot of, I'm very like particular on how I want it to look. And yeah. I have like a lot of specific inspirations that go into how I want like the videos to look. And I like, I, like, I really had to swallow a good amount of my pride going into it just to, like, edit that because I started doing it, and I was like, okay, I'm not as good at editing as I thought I was. No. Like, I was like, I was like, I, I know the thing or two, but I don't know. But, yeah, that's what was sick about doing it all with my friends and being able to bring, like, my close friends onto the project is I was able to just work so close with them. And that was exactly what you're saying. Like, I, I did that as well. And even, like, we go a couple days, and it's like, I don't know, I guess I just had a very specific way on how I wanted it to look yeah. and then we'd have like a couple days where he would work on it alone I'd come back and I'd be like no no I hate that clip like I told, I look so bad like we have to get rid of that and he'd be like what I love it I'm like dude sorry we have to cut that clip out yeah that's hilarious yeah. I'm yeah. the same you look at some clips people are like that's sick and I'm like no I that that's gross my arm's up here that looks like shit we're getting Holy rid of it right now yeah delete yeah, it yeah I guess they say you're your worst critic 
Yeah, that's awesome though, man. And you got to do the head stuff too, which is sweet. Like you went on a trip with head, which is really good. It seems like you work very closely with your sponsors and you're, uh, you're really working with them and you're really like, I mean, for me personally, I believe that the skiing thing is like skiing in general is kind of moving a little towards social media, actually a lot towards social media, even in contest scenes. Like, so what you, so put it this way, you put you land on the podium, you're at the podium, you get your picture taken. There's maybe at a big, even at a world cup, there's maybe like what hundred people there watching Yeah. your ski up there. Okay. Or you post one video of you doing a two P four on the internet put the proper hashtags in and it gets like 6,000 views and you're like, well, what's like, it's very different. Like, obviously you have to have skill and everything like that. But I think it's like, like just the amount of people you can reach with your stuff and content wise, you really have to be focusing on social media and kind of that sort of aspect of skiing nowadays to really like make a name for yourself and contest skiing's kind of dying. Like the prize purses are going down a lot. Like for me, even like I'm competing at a Noram level, which is, which isn't the highest level, but it's a decent level. And I can't even cover my, like, you get third and you barely even cover your entry fee. It's like, what the hell? I spent like three yeah, grand to go to this contest. That's huge with slope, yeah. yeah. And that's like, and slope is like, like in big mountains, so if you don't get any money or yeah. anything. I, that's why, like, everyone always asks me, they're like, yo, like, like, why are you not competing right now? Like, cool, like, you're so, like, you, you do well in so many of the comps, the big mountain comps, but I'm just like, like, I could ask 90% of my friends like you know who won the last free ride world tour stuff not one of them will be able to tell me I can't even tell you yeah I'm gonna be fully honest I'm sorry to anyone but I can't tell you either I don't follow it at all like I just don't I don't know it's just like it's pretty hard and it's saying like slope and it's kind of unfortunate like I don't know if it's a good thing I think I think social media is opening up a lot of opportunities for a lot of skiers which is sick I think it allows you to kind of make your own way which is cool and it's a lot more creativity is coming into skiing i think through social media but then at the same time it's also kind of it's taking away a lot of skiing which is it's taking away a lot from skiing but it's also giving a lot you kind of have to like you have to use it to your advantage but they definitely there's definitely a a big change with it um like like i said man like i can go to contest i could win every single contest this year on the norm circuit and i wouldn't even pay for my travel fees and my fees to go to those contests just to get points If you're competing at the World Cup level, it's a little different. But, like, then you're competing, like, that's such a high level. And to get a podium at a World Cup and stuff is, like, if you get two podiums at that level in a year, you're, like, that's a really good season. And even then, that doesn't cover your travel costs for the entire year. It's like... Yeah, for sure. You have to find other ways to do it. All right, well, that's that's sick. I'm glad we touched base on that because a lot of people, like, just expect, hey, like, I can go and, like, do decent at contests and you're going to be able to fund most of my season and that's not how that works um so the last question i want to let, uh, ask you before i let you go because we've been eating up a lot of time here is uh what do you have planned for the future and where do you see yourself i know you kind of talked about moving on to uh moving into backcountry and filming segments and working obviously with sponsors and stuff and doing your skiing through that area but like what are your goals and where are you uh where are you planning to go in the next couple years yeah, that's a that's a huge question, man. I, big one. Big I think one. about it. Yeah, big. Yeah, think about it day in, day out, and it's it's tough. It's like the ski industry is crazy these days, man. It's so oversaturated. Everyone is insanely good. Everyone like is putting out the sickest content. Everyone's skiing so well. It's like it's definitely a really crazy time in skiing. But I'm definitely I'm very stoked on it. I've wanted to be 
a pro skier since the, my first day on skis. So it's like my goals have never changed since then. I'm still the dream is just to yeah be able to film my own parts and film in the movies for sure. But I'm definitely like definitely pretty keen. Like I'm all for growing up. My biggest goal was to be in the movies, like the Master Dick yeah. movies and the Level One movies and all of that. But definitely like seeing where skiing is now and seeing like a lot of skiers who just kind of can do their own thing and get supported by sponsors is like to me that's the sickest thing like i as i said before i have like a lot of influences that like shape my skiing and my videos and like i love to be able to stay true to that and be able to like keep making videos how i want them to look and show my style through video so i'm definitely yeah gonna move forward thinking a lot on focusing on media parts and video parts and just like putting putting stuff together and just having fun with it i don't know i think it's like yeah a crazy world in skiing right now it's like a lot is changing but it's very connection based which has been a huge struggle for me um is like making those connections and like a lot of time you just see a lot of kids like getting the craziest opportunities just because the people they know so that's been a pretty big struggle for me but i'm just like kind of really trying to work towards that just meet as many people as i can stoked to meet you on this podcast but yeah you too dog it's like these are the things that matter i don't know i think like and this is i told you this before like i have a lot of respect for you doing all of this stuff and like i I followed your instagram account and i think it's like like you go out you go out on a limb and you you put you post everything you do and it's like you're trying to create a full name for yourself and i respect that i think it's like it's sick you and you're not just skiing it's like i don't i don't do any of that stuff and i definitely i need to get a lot better of it but it's sick like you're just on here i was just telling my girlfriend i was like yeah like he's the same age as me like i'm 21 bud. really yeah i'm a little older i'm still short but i'm 21 yes dude 21. I've, made, I've made my mistakes we're, we're roughly roughly the same age you know we're in the same area we're both trying to same move area. forward in skiing and yeah. it's like i just it's sick that you're just out here just interviewing people and talking to people and doing your own thing and promoting yourself you do a great job promoting yourself and i just Dude, think like no i'm, I'm trying, trying to kind of do the same thing yeah well i was gonna say i really respect you because you're talking about connections how hard it is man i i've been there like this is the first year where i've had like i'm i'm, I'm not gonna like toot my own horn but i'm like a decent skier and this is the first year where i've had a uh, ski sponsorship where i haven't had to pay for skis and this year i broke both my pairs of skis and due to my size, my rep wasn't even able to get me skis for the rest of the season, which was a huge pain in the ass for me. But, like, it, it's hard. Connections are huge. And I was going to say, like, like even I know how hard it is, but you're doing a good job of it already. Like, the fact that you're able to work with heads so closely to do, like, segments and stuff like that at this age and, like, doing that, like, right now is, like, a really good, like, really good in your, towards the future. Like, that's that's huge, man. Thank you. Thank you. Well, shout definitely going out, in the right direction. Out. Yeah, that's awesome. Shout out, he's there. Uh, they've helped me a ton. They, my rep, um, James Heim. Yep, you I know, know James. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up watching his videos every single day. I watched all of his parts. Watched him in the movies, and then uh, finally, once when I was younger, I think I was fourteen. Actually, I think no, yeah, actually, I was fourteen, and I just got a DM from him, and he was like, "Hey, man, like, want to talk about skiing?" and sent me an email and I've just been working with him ever since and he's been he's been great and head has been great and they've provided a lot of opportunities and it's been sick but yeah it's like as the ski industry is super super oversaturated right now so I think if you can find a company that 
is willing to support you and work closely with you. I think it's important to try to hold on to that connection and work as close as you can with them because you need those connections in this day and age. It's hard to do it all on your own. Yeah, no, 100%. For anybody who's listening out there, any little kids that are looking to get sponsors and stuff, if you can find somebody good like what Cole's talking about, stick with it, man, because that, that's huge. And it like it, like I said, it's really oversaturated right now. And there's like, I, I don't want to say it's a dying sport, but it's definitely changing from where it used to be. Action sports alone, like I would say, have... Huge. The audience has definitely gone down a lot, so... You definitely need to pay attention to those things and connections are everything. And I also want to, that being said, I want to touch base as you're saying that kids out there, like also when, when I was growing up, I think I was a bit way too focused on sponsors and things yes. like that. Yeah, don't it's worry about it. It's important too. Growing up, like a lot of kids, like I get DMs from kids quite often being like, hey man, do you know like any companies I can reach out to and like who I should get sponsored to? And I'm like, man, like, like head has been the greatest connection for me but they reached out to me and that's why i think i have such a good connection with them yeah i think like that's important for kids to think is just focus on you focus on your skiing and like focus on creating an image for yourself like you'll have to buy skis now but one day if you stick with it someone's gonna support yeah no i'm totally on board with that when i was a little kid first of all i didn't even start skiing till i was like 15 so like I, I didn't know much about the skiing industry. I didn't even, like, really get into park till I was, like, 16. So I was that kid that was doing K-Feds and asking to get sponsorships, like, send me free clothes. And, I, like, I did, I think my first sponsorship was, like, by a company called 2320 or something stupid like that. It's a little clothing company uh, from Alaska. Like, no respect, to, like, no disrespect to them. But I think I paid $50 for a sweater and then I could represent them. I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, really, like, for you kids that getting into it, like, really just... Like, build your own self, get good, put out a couple parts, get some recognition, and everything will come. And you do have to reach out. You have to make those connections yourself. But but it's definitely something uh, that you shouldn't rush into right away, especially when you're not, like, at the level that you need to be. I have a a very similar story to that, but my first ever sponsor, you know know Kai Smart? Yes, I know Kai very well. Shout out, Kai. Um, Yeah, this one day we were, I think... Me and him were probably, I, I think we were literally 13 years old, 13 to 14 years old, and me and him both were just lapping momentum, and I met him that week, and we just, like, became really close friends, and we knew the Jiro rep was there. Yeah. I mean, I were so focused on trying to get a sponsor, and we, like, me and him were so young, and, like, both, like, went up to him together, and we just went up to the Jiro rep, like, hi, like, I'm Kai, and I'm Cole, and... Could, could, could we get a sponsor? And the, and the dude was like, well, like I'll do a lap with you tomorrow. And the ref was like, yeah, I'll do a lap with you guys tomorrow and we can talk further. And me and Kai showed up first thing on the glacier. Yeah. We, pra- we practiced one run the entire way through. And we just kept trying it, kept oh trying it. And I think the run was like, yeah, I think I did like a front two out of a rail. I think I did like a backflip and a cork seven. And I was like, so stoked on it and it was so funny but it was just like it was sweet and the rep the rep was super nice and hooked us up and he's been helping us out ever since and i'm still riding for Jiro, so that's cool and you definitely yeah that's a huge thing is like it's not all about sitting behind your computer and sending an email you got to go out and meet people and put it like it's a lot more nerve-wracking but you just got to go ask people face to face and totally yeah no i totally get that that's awesome how you guys came full circle because both you guys are sponsored by Jiro still to this date and uh like 
um, a lot of these people, there's people out there that have way less uh, ability, way less uh, following, way less influence, and they have way better sponsorship deals and way better, um, like all that stuff because they have made a connection with the rep themselves and they know them well and they've built that connection, that personal connection. Um, with that being yeah. said, uh, I would think we, we should probably end this podcast because we've been ripping for a while now. But uh, yeah, but- dude, it was a treat having you on, man. That was awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You, All right. Well, that was our time with Cole Richardson. I hope you guys enjoyed it just as much as I did. He's an awesome dude. He's absolutely killing it, backcountry and otherwise. So keep your eye out for him in the future. And if you haven't watched this part 19, go watch it. I'll link it down below on YouTube. Uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast for the first time or even not the first time, subscribe and uh, give it a five-star rating if you can. That'd be amazing. I would really appreciate it. It helps the podcast get seen by more people. And yeah, if you guys have any guests you want to see on in other episodes, let me know. Send me guests if you want to uh, let them know about the podcast. And if they want to come on, send them my way. I'm, I'm willing to have anybody and everybody on the podcast, as long as it's somewhat action sports related, you know. I mean, porn stars, I'm not going to say no, but let's try to keep it in one niche. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you in the next one every Thursday with a new podcast. Peace.